The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to causelight.com slash SGP. That's causelight.com slash SGP. Also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free or paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableJewel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. It really is. 
Rangers. He picked this game to get his goal-scoring touch back. And that scoring touch in itself was absolutely delightful. Five at Old Trafford, four at Anfield, and still more than five minutes to go. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow Bet MUFC on Twitter. It's at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. Also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. At LockBetting.com, LockBetting.com is my premium pay service that has now delivered 106 months in a row of transparent track profit. And we have just gone on an incredible run that I think has ensured that we will go 107 months in a row here in the month of April. We are absolutely tearing the NBA playoffs apart. We are like what Liverpool did to Manchester United, to the books when it comes to the NBA playoffs at the moment. Coming off a 3-0 sweep last night, that's Thursday night. We look to continue it here on Friday. If you want to get involved, head over to lockbetting.com. If you want to do your research, have a look at the previous P&Ls. They're all up over at lockbetting.com. They verify that we have delivered 106 months in a row of transparent track profit and that we are just five weeks away from being able to say we haven't had a single losing month in sports betting in nine years. The way to do that is to just go to lockbetting.com, look at those spreadsheets. The quickest way to do that is to go to the pin tweet at the Twitter account at lockbetting.com. The pin tweet is the P&L from the previous month. At the bottom of that P&L, you'll see little tags. They say things like football. NBA, tennis, etc. One of them says PL. Click on that and you'll open the door to all of the other previous PLs. You can see the type of bets we do. You can see the comments from all of the other members verifying the fact, the fact that we have delivered 106 months in a row of transparent track profit. And this month we are winning in every sport. So if you want to get involved, as I said, head over to lockbetting.com. Moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, what can I say? I mean, we've still got five games to play, but if this was a TV series, that would be the season finale that pretty much summarised how Manchester United's season has gone. Throughout this season on this show, we've been adding little clips, be it player interviews, manager interviews, or what pundits had to say. We had too much to choose from from this show. If we made it an hour of pundit clips, it would have been justified here to summarise the Manchester United season. Here are a few that I have picked out. I think they are clips that really do tell the story of how people feel about Manchester United. The fact that we need an absolute clear out. And um, obviously this week, Eric Ten Hag was announced as the manager. I'm going to primarily focus on that on the next episode because this season is over. We want to talk about the the Liverpool game. We want to talk about the comments because they pretty much summarise and epitomise what happened this season and then draw a line under it before we cover the, the Arsenal game. And then I think after the Arsenal game is done, I'm pretty sure we're going to be in a position where we can no longer qualify for the top four. So we'll just be coasting along for those next four shows, looking ahead to next season. And it will be on those shows where we'll look at this squad and see who Eric Ten Hag needs to keep 
and who Eric Ten Hag needs to get rid of. So we'll be doing somewhat of a report card here through the Manchester United squad. Obviously, if we get a positive result against Arsenal, then we need to focus a little bit more on the previous result against Arsenal and the upcoming game. The next game will be against Chelsea, but I'm not holding high hopes that we are going to get a result against Arsenal. They're coming off a 4-2 win against Chelsea and we're coming off a 4-0 humiliation, absolute humiliation against Liverpool. Liverpool and uh, here are some comments here from after the game. It was a sobering evening. We expected it. I think every Manchester United fan expected it. Not one Manchester United fan came here tonight with any hope whatsoever. But you still try and build yourself up in that little sort of half an hour pre-kick-off. You're thinking, could, could something happen? But nothing. That team's got nothing. Is that the most worrying thing? The fact that it's it's predictable now? Yeah, it is predictable. And they have got, but actually there's some decent players out on that pitch and there's some talent so I, I have no idea I cannot explain how it's gone from what would be sort of slightly promising at the end of last season finishing second I know they lost in the Europa League final which was a bad one to the point where we are today which is an all time low in my 42 years of watching United I've never seen it as bad as that I've never seen it you know you made a point before Liverpool when we were playing weren't that great but I don't think they ever gave us a game like that. It was always tough. It was always hard to beat Liverpool at Old Trafford and uh, Anfield. There was once we beat you 4-0, but I think you got Hippier sent off in the first minute of the game and there was exp- it was an explanation behind it. I've never seen a Manchester United team wilt and be as flake in a game of football or Liverpool in my 40 years. You, you, you keep speaking about the, the ownership and the structure of the them. club. No, I'm talking about the last few weeks or months or going back a long time. Now, my point on that is, yeah, if that's not right, your football club is not going to be maybe winning league titles or European club cups. But if you, Roy, Nicky Butter, all the real characters you had at a football club were in a situation where you were here now, you, you wouldn't go and drop your performance as low as that. We've been there with, with Hicks and Gillette when things were in these different managers coming and, and you've got Alex Ferguson, that one man, he's a winning all the time. But it never got that bad. So when you're talking about the structure of the club, I'm not saying the players are getting away with it because we're very critical of them, but that is still... That can't be... It doesn't matter who the manager is. It doesn't matter who the owner is. So those players to come to Anfield tonight when you're actually still fighting for top four. And never mind fighting for top four. It's going to stop Liverpool winning four trophies. If I went to Old Trafford, that'd be as big as me getting in the top four. We can't let these win the league or you can't even win in the Champions League, whatever it must be. You mentioned characters, Jamie. They haven't got them. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So forget the, the structure oh, no. at the top or the manager. What about those as players as... But- People. That's why, I mean, I heard on the unprofessional side in commentary tonight when I said that the kid, to be fair, I was proud of him because he's going round, to be fair, trying to top people and trying to kick people. But he demonstrated something. He showed us something that he th- didn't like the idea of Liverpool at Anfield passing it around him, the idea of Liverpool taking the mickey out of him, taking the mickey out of his teammates. At least he demonstrated something. Now, I'm not saying that it was brilliant, the fact that he was kicking Liverpool players and could have hurt one of them. But I tell you what, as a Manchester United fan, I think they can respond to that at least. The rest of them tonight, I mean, like I said, there's some lads out there that are probably really good lads, good professionals, got a good career, have good talent, but they've broken. They're why, why don't they? I have no idea. They're broken. The they're broken. They're broken. Jamie, they've proven that they're half decent players over a few years. Fernandez is, a, is an half decent, you know, he's a good player. There's some decent players out there. They've got talent. They've played at, different, at good levels. And they're broken, they're finished, and they're done this season. About the leadership, Gary, but Jamie, the leadership is like five or six of these lads' contracts were up. All that chaos in the background. Again, there's lads coming on tonight. They are definitely leaving the club, and they're coming on. Yeah, just, you know, Lingard, 
you got Sancho on the bench. These Pogba's going to be leaving, and you're playing these lads. Matic said during the week, I don't know why he even said it. He says, yeah. I'm leaving in the summer. Well, if you were, we'll wait till the summer. Did you deserve any more tonight, or was that a fair reflection of the, the gap between the teams? Well, it shouldn't have necessarily be 4-0. I think a 2-0 would also have been okay. Uh, the first 25 minutes of the second half, we played better. But it was not difficult to play better than the first half, but still we did. Um, we had a, quite a few moments uh, um, on the counter-attack ourselves, but couldn't make anything out of it. Uh, but after the third goal, the game was, was over. Very proud football club, proud set of supporters. This one's going to sting, especially given the, the defeated Old Trafford earlier this year. What, what can you say to the fans tonight? Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's it's completely disappointing. In a way, also humiliating. But yeah, we, we just have to accept they are, I would say, six years ahead of us. Uh, um, when you compare that squad that Liverpool has with the one that uh, Jürgen inherited when he came six years ago, I think uh, at the end of the, his first season they finished eighth, had a point average of 1.6. This is roughly where we are right now with our current team. So that this team needs to be rebuilt is clear and I think a game like the one today showed that even in a very, in a very drastic way uh, that this rebuild is necessary. But when the going gets tough or they're under a cosh, that, that's it. They're, they're out of it. They, they haven't got it. They haven't got that f team spirit that you need. And we talk about having all the talent in the world. And this Man United, this Man United team is well short in talent anyway. You know, we've been seeing for the last few months. Well, they're, tal they're, not as, they're not as talented as they think. So then not to have the rest of it to try and back it up with your a fighting spirit, energy. We saw the midfield tonight. No, I don't Rashford's performance up front. Jesse, Ling Jesse Lingard comes on. Jesse Lingard's coming on to try and save Man United. Jesse Lingard should have left Man United two years ago. He's not good enough for Man United. Rashford played like a child up front. Okay, he wasn't great in service, but the one or two bits he got in the first half where you're thinking you're in on goal, a poor touch. Defensively, we're trying to help Maguire out here. Well, we were trying to do it before the match. Give him a little bit of PR. The last goal, Maguire's passing and is defending. It's not acceptable, not good enough for Man United. So we're going to have to use that word again tonight. Talk about a rebuilding job. Man United have to get players in, first of all, who are hopefully decent lads, good quality pros, talented to try and compete. Man United know what, fifth or sixth in the league? Man United, fifth or sixth in the league? So five goals for you, Mo, against Manchester United this season. Nine for the team. Why do you think you've dominated this rivalry this season? Well, I missed the last one. Anyway, I think they make our life easier in the midfield and in the back. They always try to give us the ball just in a situation like one against one. So they make our life much easier. So I think when we defend well, we had a clean sheet here, clean sheet there. So they make our life easier to score. Just we just go to the game and we want to score one one goal. Once we get the second, the first want to get the second. Once we get the second, we go for third. But I think it's top performance from us. Uh, here and away also, so we hope, we hopefully just carry on like this. That was just a snippet of the comments about this game. Um, we could have taken more from other Man United players. We could have taken more from Souness, Keane, Carragher, Neville. Uh, we could have taken comments from other Liverpool players. We could have used bits from Jurgen Klopp's interview. There was fascinating stuff there. Uh, Paul Scholes has spoken about it again. Um, it's just... It, it, it all speaks for itself. I mean, if you watch that game, that is the end 
of this Man United team. That is the end of seven or eight players in that team. It should be more, but obviously we have players under contract and it would be difficult to get them out of the door. But Eric Ten Hag has a massive, massive job on his hands. And I think I'm going to reserve talking about that until the next episode and see where we really stand with the top four because this game coming up against Arsenal is really literally going to be last chance saloon it is a must win game and um, the bookies aren't giving us too much hope now I know this has been a damning podcast as far as Manchester United go and talking about how they perform this season and their chances for the top four. But Arsenal haven't been in a good run of form either. I understand that they got the win against Chelsea last time out, but Chelsea were coming off a an emotional game against Real Madrid where they played 120. They're then grinding it out at FA Cup semi-final. They're already comfortably in the top four. So it's hard to see what their motivation was for that Arsenal game. And they played like that. They rotated, they played poorly. That was the worst I've seen Chelsea defend on a Thomas Tuchel, apart from when they lost at home to West Brom. So I don't put too much weight into that Arsenal game. I put more weight into the fact that they lost some players. They lost some key players and then lost three games in a row. But they come into this game against Manchester United as the even money favourites. As bad as Manchester United are, I think that's very, very short for Arsenal to be even money favourites here. It's 13 to 5 on the draw, and it's 12 to 5 here on Man United. I think the clearest thing to me here is that there will be goals in this game. I understand Man United didn't score against Liverpool, but Cristiano Ronaldo's back. He scored three goals himself against Norwich. Arsenal aren't defending particularly well, even in a win against Chelsea, where Chelsea were last. The Chelsea managed to score two goals. We saw Man United's defence against Liverpool. They're not going to be keeping clean sheets against anybody anytime soon. So I think there'll be goals here. I think the, the scenario also means there'll be goals here. Both of these two teams need to win this game. A draw isn't really good for for either of them. Tottenham's running is the easiest out of everybody going for these Champions League places. Out of Arsenal, Tottenham and Manchester United, Tottenham's running is the easiest. That's why they're the clear favourites to finish in the top four. So Arsenal can't really afford to come away from this one with just a point, considering they've had those three losses in a row. Had they got wins in those games or, or drawn those games, perhaps they could have afforded a, another draw here because it takes two points away from Man United. And Man United, they absolutely cannot afford to to draw this game. So I can imagine that both teams are going to be going for it. I just think that both teams to score is definitely the way that I would go here. Manchester United have seen over two and a half goals in five of their last seven Premier League games away from home. This Arsenal team have just one clean sheet in their last five at the Emirates. And Manchester United are coming into this game off the back of conceding six goals in their last two games, four against Liverpool. And what's almost worse is that they conceded two goals against Norwich. So for me, both teams to score is the strongest play here. I think Arsenal will actually win the game and that'll put the final nail in the coffin for this miserable season for Man United. Once the top four goes, there'll be nothing to cling on to. We will be literally just looking ahead to next season and I do think that Arsenal will get that win. Man United have lost their last three away games and I think there's a good chance that we see four in a row tomorrow. But as I said, your main play will be on both teams to score here. The selection is pretty juiced. It's available here at 8-13. to But as I said, when you look at the defences, 
of both of these two teams and you look at what's on the line here, you look at the must-win scenario for both of them, then it does lend itself to there being goals here in this game. The last game they played, obviously, at Old Trafford was a 3-2 to Manchester United. That was a wide-open game. That was a game where Cristiano Ronaldo turned it in Manchester United's favour. And he's going to be our only hope tomorrow. He's scored two hat-tricks in his last two home games. I was at both of them against Tottenham and Norwich. He's the player that can turn the game I recall at times this season, even we've debated or I've debated whether Cristiano Ronaldo was a good signing or not because of how Manchester United have had this downward trajectory this season. But when he's coming up with those hat-tricks, you can't argue that he is still a key player. He can still fit into anyone's team. And without Cristiano Ronaldo, there is a statistic that says without his goals this season, we would be 12th in the table instead of 6th. So obviously you can argue that somebody else could have played in that position and would have been less of a disruption. But I don't see a disruption there. If you actually go to the games, you see a player who's running around into different positions. He is pressing. He's going out wide. He's trying to make things happen. Whereas other players are doing nothing in games. Bruno Fernandes, who's obviously loved by Man United fans and has had a couple of good seasons with us. He's now just walking around. Paul Pogba does absolutely nothing. I've never seen a player with so many physical attributes that doesn't know how to use him. He's he's a huge player who can't win anything in the air. He gets physically pushed off the ball all of the time. There's too many players who aren't running. And Cristiano Ronaldo, trust me, if you go to games, it's not a case of him scoring two hat-tricks. Just go and watch. He isn't the problem at Manchester United. If Manchester United win tomorrow, which is not likely. It will be once again, I believe, because of Cristiano Ronaldo. That's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.